How's everybody doing this morning? Amen, amen. God bless you. All right, this morning, let's talk about a lot of choices. And that's you want to spell that lot with capital L, capital O, and capital T. A lot of choices. And since we're talking about a lot of choices, let's talk about lot. In Genesis 13, 8 through 13, and it says, Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. So now this is what I want you to do. Take your choice of any section of the land you want. And then we'll just separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden uh, of the Lord of the beautiful land of Egypt. And this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So what did Lot do in verse 11? He chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks, with his servants, and with his family, and parted company with his uncle, Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to the place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Verse 13 says, but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. So we're talking about a lot of choices. Now, why did Lot make the worst decision of his life? Uh, why did he do this? Well, let's, let's, let's look at it. Lot's increased wealth by moving to this land, it led to a lot of strife, uh, which led him to make the worst decision of his life. And I'll tell you something here. Lot did something that a lot of us, uh, at least the American Christians do, uh, usually without much thought. He made a major life decision based on the unchallenged assumption that pursuing prosperity should lead to happiness. And this was the main goal in his life. Now, what he didn't understand, and you might hear me repeat this later, is when you make this decision for yourself, and you've got people working for you and you've got your family, you've also basically made a decision for them. So here, this, this completely bad decision, if you want to call it an epic decision, bad decision. First of all, I want you to understand how important this is. Lot is mentioned uh, by name in the Bible at least 29 times in Genesis alone. 29 times. Meaning that obviously there's something to this. Now, in the context 
of Abraham's family, he was mentioned six times. Once in the context of strife, he was mentioned. Uh, and three times in the context of choosing the best land. And what did he do? He did it according to its appearance. And separated himself from Abram. And then it was also mentioned once in the context of separation from Abram alone. And then it was mentioned once when he was captured by the evil kings, for those of you who know a little bit of history about Lot, when Abraham had to come and save him. And once it was when he was rescued by Abram. And it was also mentioned when he was doing business at the gate of Sodom. And then it was mentioned twice when he was targeted as a victim by the men of Sodom. And I, I, most of you are familiar with that when they came knocking at his door. And he was also mentioned when he was being protected by his angelic visitors. And five times when the angels were protecting him. And he was also mentioned when he was one who seemed as mocking his family and when he was pleading for Zoar to be spared. And then once it was mentioned in the context of incest. And we're going to briefly talk about each of those, but briefly. Uh, Peter mentioned Lot by name and called him a righteous man. You can go look at that in Second Peter Second chapter two through seven, or seven through eight, uh, and by serving God, you need to understand something. Just because you serve God, or at least claim to, it is not a blank check for a life free of trials. And Lot had to learn this the hard way. Most of the time that Lot is mentioned in the Bible, all those ones I just mentioned, he's mentioned in the context of self-induced problems. That's right. You go look it up. I don't have time to go into the details of it. I gave you the scriptures. You can look it up right there in Genesis. Many of Lot's troubles could have been avoided. All he had to do was make better decisions. That's all he had to do. But he didn't do that. He thought he was making a decision. But he was making a decision based on his will as opposed to a decision based on God's will. And that's a big difference. And just look at Lot's choice to pitch his tent toward Sodom. Everybody knew what went on in Sodom. Everybody knew what went on in Gomorrah. Why would you get as close to them as you can when you know what they do? It's a known fact. Huh? And the consequences of that decision not only affected him, but it affected his herdsmen, the people who worked for him, and it affected his family, which we will see in detail later on. So if you want to avoid similar pitfalls in life, Never pitch your tent towards Sodom. When you get ready to buy a house, when you get ready to get a new job, don't pick it just on money alone. Find out who works there. Find out what's going on. Find out about the politics. The money means a lot, but money in hell don't work well. Huh? You, 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 you've got to balance this thing. And 
Find out what God wants you to do. Most importantly, find out where the Lord wants you. That's important. A lot of us, we disregard that because we're going to be making a nickel more. And that's the worst thing you can do. Lot chose to pitch his tent toward Sodom. Oh, what a mistake. So, so we know from the scripture that Lot is a member of Abram's family. That's according to the word. He was the nephew of Abram. And he, jo- he sojourned or he ran with him and they obtained a lot of, 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 uh, of, of cattle. And it got so be so much until they started fighting because there wasn't enough room for all of the family. And Abraham suggested. Now, all the land was given to him. It wasn't given to Lot. But Abraham suggested, why don't we do this? Why don't you just take your clan and we'll separate and whatever the way you decide to go, I'll go the opposite way and that way they don't have to fight. That was that makes sense. You got to keep the conflict down. Even though being the elder, he could have easily said, hey, the Lord told me this is mine, so I'm taking this and you can go where you want to. He didn't do that. He gave him a choice. And Lot made the wrong choice. Lot, like Abraham, or Abram as he was called at that time, he became a wealthy man based on the amount of cattle that he had. You can go back and check Genesis 13, 2 through 5 and surrounding areas. Because of all this strife, okay, that's the reason that they split in the first place. Now, it's interesting if you if you go back and read the scriptures. When Abram sought a bride for his son Isaac, in that day it was common to pick your third cousin, fourth cousin, fifth cousin. You go, you stay in the family because you know that's safe. You didn't pick your you know brothers and sisters and first cousin, second. But but way down, you know, third, fourth cousins, they they that that's that's down the line, and that's what you did. But look at look at look at what happened if you go back and check the word. He did not seek a wife from Lot's household. He didn't do it. He didn't. It was common. He didn't do it. Uh, Abraham gave Lot a choice and told him, you can run on now. You can do what you want to do. And then when it came time to pick a wife for his own son, he did not look at Lot's family, which was common to do. Now, let's just take a look at uh, the word about base. And, and this is, this is, I want you to understand something about when you make decisions and you don't include God. James 4, 13, 16 says, look here. For those of you who say today or tomorrow, I'm going to do such and such. And I'm going to do such and such in this location. And, and I'm going to do such and such in this year. And it's going to be profitable and this and that and the other. How do you know, verse 14 says, what is really going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your life is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, now you don't. What you ought to say is, if the Lord will, then I'm going to do such and such. Otherwise, you'll be bragging about your own plans, which have nothing to do with God. And if one thing the Lord don't like 
is over self-confidence. This never pleases God. Scripture says the Lord's word is actually the perfect guide through all of life. When you disregard God, disregard God's word, disregard the Holy Spirit, act like you're on your own, you're not going to like the results. Oh, it might be fine temporarily, but it's not going to last. And you're going to find out soon enough that this was a major mistake, just like Lot. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says the whole Bible, I said the whole Bible, was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and what will help us and inspire us and encourage us and help us realize what is wrong in our life and straighten us out. It will help us to do what is right. 17, it is God's way of making sure that we are well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good by everyone. That's what the word says. Now, when you disregard the word and you're going to run off and just do what you want to do, you don't need God's help. You don't need God's word. You're going to make your own decisions. You are setting yourself up and even though you may have a lot of choices, you have to make the right choice. Never mind what everybody else does. Uh, we have to go by God's word. That's who we are as Christians. Uh, now, what, uh, how we make our money matters. Yes, it, it, it matters. How we make our money matters. And what we do with our time matters. We, we, we're not trying to just be socially acceptable just to please everybody. We're trying to please God. Huh? And so we have to be careful what we say, how we say, when we say, who we say it to. Huh? And, and this is what Lot did not consider when he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Our children cannot be allowed to make their own decision without parental direction. Are you under 18? We're going to help you make your decisions. That's just the way it is. We have to teach them the ways of God. Proverbs 22 and 6, it says, bring up a child in the way that he's old, uh, in, the way, in the way that he should, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And Ephesians 6 and 4 says, bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have a responsibility as parents to raise our children in a way that they turn around and respect and bless God. Now, they're going to have a whole lot of choices in life, but we want them to make the right choices. And when we refuse to do this, God's way or without direction, there are consequences and repercussions. Huh? When we pitch our tent towards Sodom, there are consequences. Too many of us are under the impression, and I'm not sure where we got this from. I'm not going to blame it on any one preacher or any one church or, what, or any one bishop or whatever. 
Because the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I just gave you the scripture. I'm going to blame it on us individually. If you pitch your tent towards Sodom, you, you, you want me to spell that out? If you do what you want to do and live like you want to live, irregardless of what the word of God says, you're setting yourself up. Isn't the law of gravity what goes up must come down? Then what makes you think you can do what you want and you're not going to get caught and get caught up in it and it's going to hurt you? That's just that's just the law of gravity, so to speak. Huh? Some of us think we're so smart and we're so smooth. You know, that might have happened to them, but that's not going to happen to me. Really? That, that, that's just not thinking wisely. Huh? God's sowing and reaping law cannot be altered. The Bible says, this didn't come from man, this came from the Bible. You reap what you sow. You plant cherries, you get a cherry tree. You plant lemons, you get a lemon tree. You plant apples, you get an apple tree. A lot of us think we can just plant one thing and another thing gonna grow because we just wheel it that way. That, come on now. Go back and look at Galatians 6, chapter 7 and 8. And after God saved Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction by Abraham's prayers, Lot still woke up one morning in a drunken stupor in a cave. And you know what happened in that cave? His own daughter's got him drunk and had intercourse with him. Now, for those of you who this is new, you haven't heard this before, <laughs> go back and look at Genesis 19, 30 through 38. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it says that Lot left Zoar and went into the mountains. Now, this is after the angels came to his house and told him, you got to go and you got to go now. You and your wife and your daughters and whoever's leaving with you, go and don't look back. This is what he was told. Uh, you, and if you haven't heard this before, and I, if, if you've been with me, I'm sure you've heard me preach it. Uh, uh, and, and, and don't, you can't hang around here. You got to go. The Lord is going to destroy this place. And it said that he went up into the cave uh, on top of Zoar with his daughters. And one day, <laughs> and I, I we're going to talk about this in detail. The daughter, one of the daughters, the older one said to the younger, our father is getting old and there's not a man left in the country by whom we can get pregnant. So let's get our father drunk with wine and lie with him. We'll get children through our father. It's our only chance to keep the family alive. Now, where do you think they learned that? Right there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and 33 says they got their father drunk with wine that very night. The older daughter went and lay with him. He was oblivious, knowing nothing of what she did. And the next morning, the older said to the younger, last night I slept with daddy. Tonight is your turn. 
And we'll get him drunk again. And then you sleep with him. Now, 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 come on. Two days in a row and he can't figure out what's going on. That's what the liquor will do to you. Get you out of your mind, make you oblivious, and you'll do and say things that you'll be regretting later on. And there will be consequences and repercussions. Oh, you have a lot of choices. But if you make the wrong one, it's going to catch up with you. And, of course, the second daughter went in and they both ended up with child. Now, here's the, the horrible thing about this on top of, of it being a horrible thing in and of itself. The older daughter had a son, and they named him Moab. Yep, that's the father of the Moabites, the very people who fought against the Israelites or the, or the, or the children, uh, or the Jewish children, the children of Israel. And then the younger daughter had a son named Ben-Ami, and yep, that was the father of the Ammonites. These are the people who hated the Jews. Ain't that sad? Ain't that sad? And now you understand why Abram or Abraham didn't want to have nothing to do with Lot marrying his son because all that mess would have been mixed in there. Wow, 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 wow. And, and, and here's, the, here's another thing you didn't know, if, if, if you maybe didn't know. This was the last two of his daughters who were with child by him. That's Genesis 19 and 14. He had other children. They chose to stay Inside, Lot had preached to him. Lot had talked to him. Lot had said, "Let's go. Let's move. The Lord is going to destroy this place." And they're like, "Really? Seriously, man? Come on. This you see how rich this land is? I mean, well, you see how how things are going so well for us? You see how much money we're making?" And they were all destroyed. So he left with the two daughters that he had, and left his son-in-laws, left his other daughters, huh? And then, and then, and wait a minute, it gets worse. He had his wife with him. She was from Sodom and Gomorrah. And he told her, just like the angel said, we got to get out of this place and we cannot look back. There is nothing back there for us. Too many of us, we're still looking at our old life where the Lord picked us up, turned us around, where he changed our life. Why are we going back? Why are we going back to the clubs? Why are we going back to the bar? Why are we going back to an ex? We left them intentionally for a reason because they weren't doing us any good. Huh? And when his wife turned around to just get one last look at the homeland, the Bible says she turned to a pillar of salt. Wow. All of Lot's earthly wealth, the rest of his children, lay burned in the ashes of the fire and the brimstone of Sodom and Gomorrah. And now he looks, he don't dare turn around. He, he can hear it. He can hear, he can hear the wind blowing here and hear it turning into salt. He already knew because he was told by the angels what was going to happen. And that's exactly what occurred. And now he goes up in the mountains and his own daughters lay with him. And he gets them pregnant and starts another nation of idolaters. Wow. Lot had a lot of choices and he made the wrong ones. Now this man had been carried away captive. 
You go back and look at Genesis 14. Abraham came and got him. And then he turns around, disrespects his uncle, chooses the best land, which was the wrong choice. Didn't have nothing to do with God. And Lot knew God. But when you go into a place that you got no business, whether you know God or not, don't make no difference because you went voluntarily into a place and basically you pitch your tent towards Sodom. So whatever happens, happens. If you're in there and you're making it rain and you're throwing dollars and some stuff goes down, you where you had no business in the first place. And Lot, he just like, he said, wow, y'all don't understand. You don't know how good this, this land looked. My cattle needed this green grass. This was a perfect place to raise my cattle and raise my family. Now, he pitched his tent towards Sodom, but then the scripture said he went into Sodom and he became an official in Sodom. So he didn't just go near it, he went in it. That's the thing. We always say we're just going to get close to. You remember that 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 sermon I, I've said over and over and over again about the 3800 block when we used to live in the 3600 block? And it's not enough to get close to where the action is. We want to get in the action. That's how it is. That's why you got to be careful how you attempt it and where you attempt it. You got to know that that temptation is leading you someplace you don't need to be. Huh? It appears that Lot thought that the righteousness, the little righteousness that he had was going to be enough to keep him despite the fact that he made questionable choices. He thought he could have the best of both worlds, of two worlds. Huh? Well, this is my question to Lot. How did that work out for you, Lot? Wow. It doesn't matter how righteous you are, how righteous you think you are. When you make the wrong decisions, when you pick the wrong choices, now you've got to deal with the consequences and repercussions of the choices that you made. How often have we said this to our teens? They want to go out and do what they want to do. Oh, mama, you don't know. So they know better than you. They ain't been in the world but 17 years, but they know better than you. And you've been in the world at least uh, uh, 30, 40 years. And they're going to now tell you, you don't know. You don't understand. And this is what we are telling God. Every time we make a decision without God. And what does the Bible say? You reap what you sow. What you plant, that's what's going to grow. Godliness is a treasure to be valued far above anything this world can offer. Now, it may be boring, but it's safe. And all of us out there looking for all that action, looking for all that stuff, that activity to get involved in, there's consequences that go with that, there's repercussions that go with that. You can't have one without the other. Proverbs 15, 16 says, better is a little reverence for God than great treasure and a whole lot of trouble. Proverbs 
16.8 says, A little gained honestly is better than great wealth gotten by dishonest means. And Proverbs 3.13-15 says, The man who knows right from wrong and has good judgment and common sense is happier than the man who is immensely rich. For such wisdom is far more valuable than precious jewels. Nothing else compares with good, wise decision based on the word of God. Have you ever considered doing what the Bible said and live your life according to the Bible and redeeming the time that you have here on this earth? Because you don't know how long that's going to be. Today could be your day where you meet the Lord. Go and look at Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Be careful how you act. Be careful of your choices. The Bible says these are difficult days. Don't be fools. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity that you have for doing good. It's not about where you've been. It's not about where you're going. Forget the past. The question is, what are you doing right now? And where are you going when you get through doing what you're doing? What are you doing for Christ right now? How are you living right now? Every day wasted. Where you don't give your life to Christ, where you don't make good decisions for Christ, is a day where you've pitched your tent toward Sodom. And do you really think that Lot's goal in life was to wake up one morning with a wife made of salt? With a whole lot of dead kids left in Sodom and Gomorrah? And then with his two daughters pregnant with idolatrous nations? Oh my God. He had a whole lot of choices. And he made the wrong ones. His desire originally was just not to allow his portfolio to go up in smoke. He just wanted to make a few nickels. But he risked his whole life, the lives of his family, the lives of his servants, and all for naught. My, 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 my. You got to go back and read Genesis right around, just read all the way from 14 all the way to 20. 14 chapters to the 20th chapter. But especially around that 19th chapter. Hmm? When Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom, he began to sow seed that he never thought he'd do in his life. And he reaped what he sowed. And, and look at, look at, do you see the contrast between Lot and Abraham? Do you see the difference in the offspring? Abraham has Isaac and Jacob, which are the children of Israel, and his seed is spread about all over the world. And Lot's seed is killed right there. And then the seed that he has is in two idolatrous nations because he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Wow. It forces us to conclude that the only and the best place that man can pitch his tent is toward heaven. 
Hmm? Romans 6 says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Sin's power is broken over us when we become Christians. Now, I want you to understand something. I've said this before and I say it again as I quickly bring this to a close. You are free from the power of sin and you are free from the penalty of sin, but you are not free from sin. As long as you are in that fleshly body, your body will ask you to sin. Your body will try to force you to sin. And that's why you got to turn your will and your mind over to God, which are your executive properties. They are the ones that make the decisions for you. If you work in it by your feelings, you're in trouble. Hmm? Once we are in Christ, we need to be pitching our tent toward heaven. Hmm? Come on, choir. Come on. Come on. Get ready. Come on in here. We need to be pitching our tent toward heaven. And I hope I'm appealing to somebody today. I, I, I hope I'm reaching somebody today. I hope somebody is hearing me because they know for a fact that they have pitched their tent toward Sodom. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know where you're doing, what you're doing. Come on, come on. Judge yourself that you be not judged. The doors of the church are open. Come on, come on. What kind of decisions are you making? Is it all for fun? All for frolic? All for foolishness? All for excitement? All for the action? What about Jesus? What about the fact that he picked you up out of the muck and the mire and established your goings? What about the fact that he brought you out of the darkness into the marvelous light? Shouldn't you be living like you know better? Shouldn't you be reaching out to help somebody else up out of the darkness? As opposed to just out there in the darkness like you've never been saved, like you don't know any better? Come on, come on, the doors of the church are open. Somebody needs to make a decision right now and pitch your tent toward God as opposed to toward Sodom. Come on, come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, come on, come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for your word. Oh, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, it's your word that leads us and guides us. You've sent your Holy Spirit to encourage us and tell us which way to go, to navigate our circumstances. And we want to thank you right now so that when we would go left, you would pull us back to the right. Lord, we give you our will and we give you our mind. We give you our soul. Now lead us and guide us as you would have us to go and not as our flesh would have us go, not as this world would have us go, not as the devil would have us go. Somebody right now needs you so they can walk away from this world before it's everlasting too late. In the name of Jesus, oh God, this is our prayer. We thank you for the answer and the blessing. Praise God. Amen.
Amen, amen. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries Weekly Encouragements by Namware. God bless you. Won't you tell a friend? Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. My, 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 my. Amen, amen. God bless you.